This episode is brought to you by Skinny Pop Popcorn. Perfectly popped, endlessly delicious. Oh, so light and crunchy. Skinny Pop Original Popcorn is the snack you've been searching for. Made with just three simple ingredients, popcorn kernels, sunflower oil, and salt. Snacking never felt or tasted so good. Perfectly popped, endlessly delicious. Give yourself permission to snack and pick up Skinny Pop Original Popcorn today. This episode is brought to you by ABC. Station 19 is back for its final and hottest season yet. Andy finally becomes captain, and she's going to give it her all to be the best leader this station has ever seen. Will she succeed? Get ready for fiery new romances and high adrenaline rescues. Watch the Station 19 season premiere tonight at a new time, 10, 9 central on ABC and stream on Hulu. Hello, it's Lee Salisbury here. Welcome to another episode of Soap from the Box, the TV, music and film podcast where we go behind the scenes, hashtag set life. We get the goss, the lowdown from all the biggest stars from your biggest TV shows, EastEnders, Coronation Street, Emmerdale, Hollyoaks, Neighbours and Home and Away. I hope you've had a brilliant week. This week's episode is fantastic. It's just been announced that she is returning to EastEnders this summer for some bombshell storylines. I caught up with her. She's one of my favourite characters from the show ever involved in one of the biggest storylines. Enjoy. My guest today was involved in one of the biggest storylines EastEnders have ever done. Who Shot Phil got a staggering 22 million viewers and a nation was in shock when it was re- when it was revealed, it was her character Lisa who had shocked the patriarch of Albert Square. I remember her fondly from the LWT sitcom Close to Home, playing Paul Nicholas's <laughs> daughter, and also the huge children's TV show Press Gang, where she starred alongside the now infamous director Dexter Fletch- Fletcher and AbFab's very own Julia Sawala. She has since battled it out with other celebrities on X Factor, eaten God knows what in I'm a Celebrity, toured the country with productions such as Hairspray, and appeared in Casualty, amongst many other things. She is someone I've always wanted on this podcast, so it's a pleasure to welcome Lucy Benjamin. Hi, Lucy. Oh, hi, Lee. It's lovely to be here. How are you? I feel fit as a fiddle at the moment. Oh, good. Well, that's brilliant. I'm touching wood now as we speak, though. So I, see, I know. Why do you, why do you ever well, say things like that? Do you know what I mean? I know, I'm, touching, I know. I'm touching wood for you. I'm good. I'm all let's, good. All good. Moment. Let's start yeah. with that. Um, I mean, we'll go back in time on EastEnders. We'll, we'll start with EastEnders, obviously. Then we'll talk about other stuff. But the that Who Shot Phil, which was uh, 22 million viewers. I mean, it must have been. In, I mean, I've been there, obviously. I've been there when who it was when Who Killed Archie when I was there. It's so exciting when something like that is on, isn't it? Well, it's, you know, it, what's so exciting is to be involved in such a massive storyline. And, you know, you really get a sense of when you're when you're at, you know, at the studios that and there's a real buzz around it. And, all the, you know, the secrecy leading up to it and nobody knew who actually it was going to be that had shot Phil. So um, there was real drama even off camera in terms of the build up to it. So that was really exciting. And then for it to transpire that it was my character, Lisa, that, that did it. But it was it was really fabulous times. I think um, being involved. That, yeah, I mean it was life. when I mean obviously it was when we had less uh, channels. So obviously channels, the soaps yeah. were soaps were absolutely yeah. huge. I mean, so how was the process? Did you get told that you were a going to be involved, and b did they let you know quite soon that you were going to be the you know the one who pulled the trigger? Well, they um, it was it was weird the way it happened. Really, um, they kind of started. 
they started filming scenes where we all knew we were suspects and, and we were told that, you know, there was going to be a, a Phil got shot. But all of us, there was Ian Bill, myself, I think Martin Kemp, um, uh, I think Tamsin Athway and yeah. Mel was one of the. So we were all told that we were all suspects. So we were playing the scenes, you know, which was really sensible, actually, because we were all playing them as if it could have been us, you know, yes, and, yeah. or, or as, almost as if it, was, it wasn't us, you know, because we hadn't been, none of us had been told at that point. So we were playing innocently that it, it wasn't our character. So that was kind of clever of them to do that. And then at one point I just got called upstairs to say, look, in the next few weeks, um, we're going to film the reveal of who it was at Shopfield and it's going to be your character. However, oh. you've got to keep it massively, massively secret from everybody else. Oh yeah, my God. So they told you to tell anyone. Yeah, Tommy, I couldn't tell anyone. So they were taking all of their suspects up one to one, one by one up to the offices of John York to say, to kind of tell them, it's not you, it's not you, it's not you, it's not you. And they said to me, you know, it is you, but you've oh got to go down God. and face them all. It's not you either. And I was going, yeah, but but then it's they're all going to go, somebody's lying. And then it's <laughs> yeah, oh, no, that's awful. Yeah. So it was a really horrible thing to have to do, but actually it was quite fun um, in, in a way as well. But um, yeah, so I had a double kind of storyline to play, a real life storyline. Yeah, that's kind of like a life. double acting yeah. job at the same time. Yeah. Even yeah. harder yeah. Acting, yeah. acting as Lucy, pretending to be. Yeah, so you're for that. Yeah. And did anyone, did you tell, I mean, surely you told him, you know, when I've not had to tell someone something, I normally at least tell my husband because otherwise I would go insane. Yes. Do you know what I mean? Did you tell you anyone? Well, I told my mum, so, um, you know, and, and she was sworn to secrecy. I did I did tell my mum. The good thing at the time was I was actually dating Steve McFadden, so he knew anyway, so it was fine. So that was a secret that we could share together. Um, so, you know, that so that was all that was all fine. Um, but I, but I, it was really important to me that I did keep it secret because they'd invested so much in, in not having the storyline leaked, and I think that was really part of the success of that storyline. Like that yeah. It wasn't leaked. And because not normally like little things are leaked and here, here, there, and everywhere. You know, often by the publicity department that they want kind of teasers out there. But this, they absolutely didn't want an ounce of this story coming out about who it was. Um, so yeah, it was, it was just, uh, it was, it was great that it was that I had to keep it secret just in terms of like getting the benefit out of of, of the storyline, really. And it yeah. was actually, it was. I mean, I remember it being a very big shock that it was Lisa. You didn't, you really didn't expect yeah. it to be Lisa, did you? It wasn't like she was even, she wasn't even in the top of your like, oh, it could be her. So I remember it was just like that huge shock when it was her. Yeah, I think. Did, were I you? Think did they, you find it? Did you find it easy to? understand why she did it do you know what I mean was it oh, quite totally. easy as an actress yeah oh, oh totally it made perfect sense to me I mean she was pushed to her absolute limits you know there was coercive control it was kind of emotional abuse and and she was just she had been made to feel so totally and utterly worthless and she kind of come to the end of her her tether with all of it she just didn't yeah. know which way to turn and she kind of got involved I think you know with with dodgy I think with Den and I think Dirty Den was there at the time I think I can't remember or it was Marty Kemp's character and so you know she had access to that kind of underworld so it, it, it did make perfect sense to me. And what was great was, like you said, the audience didn't expect it because she'd never shown any sort of those tendencies. She had No, been, you didn't think she was know, strong enough, basically. No, absolutely. So I think that, you know, that, that payoff was brilliant in that respect. And you said, obviously, you were going out with Steve at the time. I mean, Steve's amazing yeah. as an actor. Is that, was that, is that quite a, it was, I mean, I'm sure it's happened on other judges. Is that quite hard when you're balancing a real life relationship and an on-screen relationship? It was quite nice, really. You just kind of, um, you know, you can run lines together and stuff like that. I so, suppose so. Uh, yes, great. Yeah. yeah. 
I mean, and also, I suppose Lisa and Phil were so horrible to each other. It was kind of nice then to have the opposite side of things. So, so it was actually quite fun. Yeah, it was sweet. Yeah. And let's go back. So you joined in 1998. As we said, it was the height of the show. You were introduced, it says online, as a home-wrecking blonde. Um, and it says uh, uh, the scriptwriters had doubts, apparently, at the beginning, and they kept you hanging on. Well, yeah, I um, yeah, I was literally cast about a week before the character appeared on on screen. Wow. Um, yeah, so I had been auditioning. I'd been in the process of auditioning for quite some time before that, and I was auditioning alongside Martin Kemp and everything. And I remember Matthew Robinson, the exec producer at the time, saying, yeah, we want you, we want you, we want you. But then it goes to the big wigs. I think it went to Mao Young. And then he was like, I'm not sure. She's kind of, she's a bit similar to Tamsin. So we're just bringing Tamsin's character in at that point. So, you know, I think Mao Young's worry was that we were kind of very similar and he kind of wanted to go away from that. And hence, um, in the end, when I did get cast, they sent me off to the hairdressers. I had to, they dyed my hair dark and stuff because I was a blonde at the time. And and um, so they wanted to try and bring the changes. But I think I, Matthew Robinson had, had always championed me, but it was, um, I think, Mao Young that kind of went, I'm just not sure because they just, they seem too similar as characters. But yeah, in the end, I won over. In the end, I, they were, I, I mean, I've been, I've been yeah. there as a director on the soap when you've got, it is so frustrating. It's really annoying. Obviously, it happens when you have your opinion, the series producer's opinion, yes. then the exec yeah. producer, then the channel. You end yeah. up going, oh, my God. I mean, as I yeah. say, the biggest the biggest two people we had to audition for Emmerdale to play brother and sister who didn't get mm. the parts was James Norton from Happy Valley. And, oh, my God. Uh, Vicky McClure from uh, Line of Duty. <laughs> Well, I was like, these two are amazing, and they didn't get the parts. I mean, probably good for them, but that's incredible, isn't it? Yeah, because you you just got to please all of the people all at once, you know, and you've got to get a tick from everybody. Um, you know, it's quite a hard process to get those ticks from everyone agreeing. Um, and it's hard yeah, as an actress because, uh, like you said, I mean, I I did when I speak to students who are actors and you do some acting courses, I always say you really have to not take things to heart because literally it can be yeah. based on the colour of your hair. And you just yeah, saying that yeah. it can't. I mean, yeah. it can be that simple getting a part in yeah. TV. Yeah, you really have to. You really have to develop a thick skin, and you're you're so right. You can't afford to take things personally because if that happens, it will just knock you down, and you won't be able to get back up again. And that's that's the thing about our industry is you, you just have to have that ability that when you've been knocked, get straight back on the horse, and you know just crack on and keep going and persevere. Yeah, no, I agree totally. And you saying so, Mel obviously had just been introduced. Tamsin, they they quite quickly made your friends. How bizarre you saying that? Actually, they were a bit worried that you yeah. being a bit similar to her, but you soon became really good friends with her character in the show. Yeah, no, we were, and um, and and they picked up on that very quickly. We became, you know, firm friends in real life, and then and then they kind of just they, they picked up on that and they ran with it as a story. So uh, you know, and my hair got blonder and blonder and blonder. So the dark yeah, it did, did like, it? You ended up got, yeah, rid the, so. got rid of the dark mousy brown, and then, <laughs> but, then but, but at that point, at that point, it was you know they were very happy about the way things were going, and yeah, and they and they they just really they really took to that those two characters um, forming a firm friendship. So it, it was great. And I loved all the stuff I did with Tam. You know, we oh, had, I remember we that had so well. Those, I don't think there is a friendship like that anymore. Do you know what I mean? That friendship no. is so strong, that friendship. Yeah, it really was. And, and you know, even when I went back recently, um, when with Tam's, all of her kind of death death stuff, you know, the, 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 the car accident, whatever. I mean, it was, I was there for three months with her doing her kind of exit storyline. And, um, and it was just glorious to work together again. And it was just such comradeship and just being there for each other. Um, oh, it was just a joy. It was a total joy. So I'm really pleased I went back just in, in that aspect, just to get to work with her again. And what was it like when you joined? I mean, had you always been? I mean, I was a huge EastEnders fan. So when I joined as yeah, director, I, I mean, I, 
the minute I walked on that lot was like, I can't believe I'm standing here. I mean, I think most people, whether you're actor or director or crew, yeah. have that kind of experience there. Yeah. Oh, I mean, I was a massive fan of the show before I joined. Um, like you say, there wasn't as much choice on the telly as there is now. So, you know, it, it was huge back in the day when I was watching it before I was even in it. Um, um, and I just, I I really had to give myself a good talking to in terms of not being overwhelmed by, yeah. you know, yeah. being on the, walking onto the market square and um, and then going into the bit for the first time. And, and just... That my biggest thing was not calling um, actors by their character right, name. Their character name. Like, they were so familiar, you know. And you got Pam St. Clement playing Pat, and it was just like, oh god, Pam, Pat, Pat, Pam. Which one is it? I'm just panicking, panicking, panicking. Um, and you know, fabulous Barbara Windsor, and I just, you know, I didn't, I just didn't want to call anybody by their character names, and that was more. That was more worrying to me than making sure I got my lines right. Yeah. I knew what I well, was I got doing. told, I got told when I joined, like as a like by production, like like Lee, you must not call actors by they, you know, it's one thing they absolutely hate. So it even raised it even more for me. I was going, oh, oh my god. god, I'm going to be hated if I call yeah. one of them. And I think I did do it about twice, to be honest. And you're going because yeah. you know some people yeah. actually looked more like their character name than their real life yeah. name. <laughs> yeah, it's like, but, you know, some some people were cool about it. You know, it didn't matter. But I just remember that being my biggest thing when I first started to go. I must make sure I really know all of them. You know, off camera as well in terms of getting their names right and whatever. You know, but yeah, I just I remember it clearly as if it was yesterday. Yeah, no, I do as well. I mean, I remember being shocked when I met because I hadn't seen any interviews of people. So I remember I was the most shocked by Pam St. Clement, actually, just when she came up and went, hello, you know, hello, Liam, Pam. So and I was, going, I was going, what? What's happening? Yeah, I know, it's so posh. It was like, oh, my God. I know, yeah. And it must have been great when you get what I love about EastEnders is uh, it's the only one who does it on dressing rooms. You get like a proper gold plaque kind of name yeah. thing. Uh, that, yeah. must have been, that must have been brilliant when you got that. Oh, it's just you kind of go, oh, yes, I'm in. I'm in. I'm yes. here to stay. You know, that is a sign that they've renewed your contract after the first three months, you know. Yeah. You go, oh, yeah. yeah. I remember that's, that's real, I think it was, um, yeah. I think it was Cherie Houston, Sherry Houston, who said that yeah. it was when she went to the shop and there was a fridge magnet with her on and the woman at the shop went, <laughs> oh, that means you're at least here for another year, love. <laughs> yeah. It's just the little things like that that make you go, oh, okay, yeah, I'm all right. I'm going to get renewed hopefully next month then. Yes, yeah. So yeah, the little things. Little things that matter. And then a few of your stories will go, I mean, there's so much you did there, but um, there was Lisa's pregnancy with Phil's baby pretending it was Mark yeah. Fowler's. That was quite a big, yeah. interesting story, wasn't it? Because that was another nice relationship, Lisa and Mark. Oh, it was glorious. And, and Todd Carty is just a joy, the most lovely man in the whole world. Um, so, you know, and I knew him from as Tucker, you know, so from back yes, in the day. Yes, from Grange Hill. Hill. Yeah, which so was also was filmed like, there. Yeah, and that, and that was like a dream come true. You know, going, oh, I'm working <laughs> with Tucker. Um, but yeah, that, I mean, that, I had some such brilliant storylines. Um, you know, having to simulate giving birth and all well, that stuff. I was going to say that. You were giving birth no. to Louise Mitchell in Christmas episodes. Again, yeah. is that... I'm guessing that's one of the dreads. I think that must be the biggest dread from what, what I'm speaking to actors who I've worked with who've done it, doing, giving birth on screen. A, it's something you never really want anyone to see in real life. Yes. And B, yeah. it's that awful thing that it's kind of quite embarrassing in a way, isn't it? Well, you just, I mean, you know, everyone t- t- tends to go for the screamy thing. But um, and he just goes, some people don't, you know, not everybody screams, I don't think. Some people are just kind of like, yeah, pop out. out yeah. so, but we always we always just go for the drama. Um, but yeah, it's it's a funny old thing. And you do you do always want to kind of do do it justice. You feel like you have a responsibility to to play, 
you know, something that's so real and that people can relate to, you really feel a sense of responsibility to get it right. Um, but, you know, as much as it's terrifying, it's, all, you know, it's also very rewarding um, about being given such something a like that. Yeah. yeah. When you're on set, yeah, though, when you do something like that, I mean, it must be really nerve wracking because that normally, obviously, yeah. you do scenes. Now everyone's watching. But when you are the focus of it, you know, and I've not asked this before, Jim, when you're the, the focus, you kind of know you've got all cast and crew's eyes on you, don't yeah. you? Yeah. Yeah, you know, you're being watched on the monitor all around the BBC building as well. Yes, so, you are. Yeah, yeah there you, know, you are. Yeah. All the exec producers have got all the monitors in their offices and everything. So you are literally being watched at the time by hundreds of people, you know, that are on the other side of the camera in the in the kind of the, the um, you know, the, the office block. Um, so, yeah, and then you've got everyone on the floor. And, and it is, I suppose a story like, like, line like that is it's kind of embarrassing, really, because you are really laced wide open. You are, yeah. <laughs> But yeah, and so, um, and what's nice is that people, you always get a sense that people are really with you and they're really supportive and things like that. Um, yeah, people people just always have your back, I think. And you get kind of never left alone, strange devices. You just get a sense of support from from the whole team when you have big storylines like that. So it's I great. I think what's quite weird is when once you've done one big story or one big emotional scene, it's almost, it's not that, mm-hmm. I always think, to be honest, that when people join these soaps, I've seen it, that other actors, you can see them being a bit kind of like, mm, do I think they're going to last? Do you know I mean, because I think you naturally do that and cast crew do that as well because you think so many people come and go. But then you kind of almost see this, an actor would do a, a particular storyline and like literally wow yeah. everyone. And it's almost as though yeah. everyone thought they might not be able to do it. I don't know, it's weird, isn't it? But you, it's like they then become like really solid in everyone's eyes. It's terrible, really. But again, I suppose it's that yeah. constant proving it is, yourself you, to everyone. But yeah, it is. You totally have to prove yourself. You know, if you get if you get the, given the glory of a fabulous storyline, then, you know, it's make or break, really, I think, isn't it? I mean, you know, if you, if you don't service that storyline well, then that is that could effectively just be... No, that's you gone. So so there is that nervous aspect about where you kind of you really do want to do a do a good job when you're given the responsibility of, of, a, of a big story. Um because things are riding on you really. Um but yeah. And did you feel that pressure when you went in? Because obviously we'll talk about what you've done in the past before then, but you have been in big TV shows. But I mean, did you yeah. see the difference of going into BBC One, seven thirty Eastenders? I mean, were people on the street suddenly kind of aware of you? Yeah, I mean, I mean, I suppose because I was such a fan of the show, I was I was aware of its, you know, just its popularity. It's not, yeah. it's not like it wasn't something I'd never watched myself before. So, um, yeah, it, it just kind of went up a grade. You know, I mean, I'd, I'd always been a jobbing actress, and I'd done, you know, some really some really lovely bits of TV, but nothing that was hitting that kind of audience number, you know, um, as EastEnders. So things did kind of change. Um, you know, it's prime time viewing, and then. And then, yeah, I suppose the more that people start to recognise you, the, the more you kind of realise that it, it's a different beast, really. Yeah, yeah. You know, different and, thing. And I think, I mean, I think nowadays, we always talk about this, younger people probably have it even harder there. Do you know what I mean? Because suddenly with social media and stuff, with shows like that where you're so in the limelight, it kind of everyone's now got the chance just to slate you, haven't they, as well, which at least I suppose back then you didn't have. I'm so pleased I wasn't doing, I wasn't on the show during, you know, when when camera phones were yeah i mean we were we were paranoid enough as it was you know with all the phone hacking and everything because that was that was my time but thank god i kind of just just think oh thank god we didn't have the added thing of camera phones and oh and social media and you know i mean you've got to be made of really strong stuff now you have nowadays 
you know, you go down the route of just not of not being part of that social media thing. You just, I, I imagine if I was back there now, like big time, I don't know whether I would actually. I think I probably might even come off social media. Maybe I don't think <laughs> you're really strong to be able to withstand. You do. Although, unfortunately, I think our industry's become slightly that. I mean, I've, I've certainly been places where they look at people's social media following to if if it's a guest part to yeah. see who might bring the most people in. Yeah, I know. I've, I mean, I've heard that that you know, say for example, you're up against somebody, and, and you know, a, a casting director or the producers will, you know, want either or of you. And then apparently, to make the call, they'll just who's got yeah the biggest social yeah, media. Which is so it has to, to come off is quite it's, hard. So it's a, just a bit, it's a tough time, isn't it, for actors now? Yeah, it is. Yeah, it's 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 hard. It is hard in that respect. It's just it's it's just such a different. It's a different thing now, isn't it? Altogether, the things you have to navigate. Yeah, no, it is. It's a totally different world. I mean, I keep, I keep, uh, I keep catching up with it. Uh, back to this, though. I mean, so okay, what would you say? I think I always think there's giving birth, kind of playing drunk. I think yeah. is really tough on telly. Do you I mean, yeah. is that another one you kind of dread? Because I always say it's yeah. something you don't. I mean, really, it was, you don't um, really see yourself you know, drunk. Uh, I had a lot of drunk stuff. They gave me bundles of drunk stuff. I mean, I don't know what that says about me and what they thought. But... <laughs> Yeah, they um they gave me loads of drunk scenes all the time. Um and and because I was working with Steve and you know, I'd watched Steve um before I joined the show playing drunk and I just thought he was a brilliant, brilliant he's drunk. Amazing um, at it, yeah. Yeah, he's a brilliant drunk. Um and so I kind of had I you know, I had someone on my side that was that was that was good to kind of help and advise and whatever when I was doing my drunk scenes. Um but it is you are very nervous about playing playing drunk because you know you can it can go one or two ways you can go very over the top um or you can just some people go she's meant to be drunk you know it's not even you know <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. To say about, yeah. about people playing drunk I think but um I did I, I as much as I find it really scary when I read script, oh no I'm drunk again <laughs> um <laughs> I did actually really I actually quite enjoyed it. There's something quite freeing about just kind of giving yourself over to something and, and you know, losing that kind of control. But, yeah, I did have a lot of that. And then, obviously, you you kind of left and then you've returned a couple of times, like we said. You returned, yeah. first of all, in 2010, and that was yeah. kind of lots of scenes in and around Barbara Windsor leading to Barbara's exit. I mean, again, yeah. I mean, I work, I did Barbara's... I don't know what... Whether, it wouldn't have... Because... I don't know what that I haven't worked with you so I did her first exit maybe she came back because I did when the Queen Vic blew up but I mean working with Barbara was working with people like that is incredible isn't it just because working with those old timers that have been there and done it it's just so incredible I'm so glad I've had that experience yeah she um, and she led by example she really did she was never late she was the ultimate professional um and and so therefore she had no time for anyone else behaving like that you know if she wasn't gonna behave like that nobody else was allowed to behave like that and she really and, and without kind of you know really slamming, slamming it down your neck or anything you just knew if that if that woman if this woman that's been in the business for years and years was never late and always knew her lines well, well there was never you know anyone else's place to not no yeah yeah and, and, so I, I just love, I love the way she led by example. Um, I, I was very close to Barbara. I was very lucky that, you know, we, we were close. Um, I just got her, I got her totally. And we were, we were very similar in, in certain ways. I'm both totally short asses, you know, for one. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I um, I had a lot of time for Barbara. I really did. And, and I, I love working She was working very honest about everything, wasn't she? She was warts yeah, and all. Yeah. She wasn't a shit, but like you yeah. said, 
Same with Barbara yeah. Knox on Corey. You know, if you didn't see with her, she was always line perfect. She was always on time. Yeah. And uh, yeah. and as I said, when she left, I said, you're really going to be missed here because actually it'll go to pieces a little bit because people need someone like you to gut. They need yeah, a guiding light in the cast with, yeah. all, with all the youngsters coming yeah. in and kind of looking at fame and looking at things differently. It's almost like you need someone who's been there, done it, trod the balls, got yeah. here to lead you all. Absolutely. And, and that's and that's exactly what she was. Hanson Clement was the same as yeah. was June Brown. I have to say, June Brown was the same as well. So, I mean, I was in I was in the show when there were those fabulous people were in it. I mean, I was so lucky. I really was lucky when I look back. To be in there with all those. I know. I mean, I, I, was, yeah. I, I directed all them and incredible. I mean, June. I mean, God, just I, the <laughs> memories of her will live forever. Just how you yeah. try. I mean, for everyone out there, June would come on, cigarette in hand. Talk about what's happened in a day for 20 minutes. You're already supposed to be on scene two. Yeah. <laughs> and you haven't yeah, even yeah. line run. It, but but you didn't yeah. care because I was like, they're the magical memories that I would never forget. And also, when you do, when the camera just starts to turn, she might oh, just take. magic. Like, like, magic. Uh, yeah, yeah. Magic, magic, magic. And you could just move on anyway. So, you know, there was, there was always time to spare to hear June's stories because... You know, she was just gifted and she just she get it done. Pressure. And she'd also done everything beforehand. If she had made changes, they'd all been done. Do you know what I mean? It was like, yeah. she, she was yeah. incredible. Then you came back in 2017. I mean, again, that's another seven-year gap. Had you seen noticeable differences as you're going back? I mean, uh, people say, obviously, it got faster and faster and faster. What did you notice over time going back and having such time away? Um, I, didn't, I didn't notice the show was particularly any different in, in as much as kind of the machine that it is um it's always been very fast it's always been um you know that kind of pace um but i think it was more on a personal level for me that um to go in there just being older and wiser and um you know not so much where i mean when i was there first time around it was all consuming it was very much part of my my work everything life, my it was life, your life yeah yeah. It, it was my total life. And I kind of liked going back, um, you know, this time in 17 and again when I went back, I can't remember, I think 19 or something. Um, and I just liked it, it going there and, 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 and doing the work of it. But then watching, what was lovely is watching as a kind of an older woman, watching all the kids doing what I'd have done when I was, yeah. when I yeah. was there years and years ago. And, you know, and seeing the friendships all forming and, you know, some of like they've been out the night before. And, and so I just kind of enjoyed, I reveled in that kind of thing going, oh, I'm so pleased it's not me doing it anymore. And I'm just here to do my job. And, and then to leave, you know, I've got two kids at home. So I do my job, go home, be at home, go to work the next day. It's kind of, it was kind of nice to have it that side of things, but it was it was just my job. It wasn't all consuming. It wasn't my life. It was you know something I really I, I love doing, and, and you know I love acting on that show. Um, so yeah, it was it was um, refreshing for me. It was it was a different kind of beast for me when I went back. I think everyone probably has that same experience with soap. I think no matter what job you do, it is always all-consuming when you first go in because yeah. it has to yeah. be in a way, doesn't it? Because it's a it's a total different. You know, it's like you go into a different world for a while, and it takes a while to navigate it. Yeah, and also, I mean, when I joined, it was a time the Slaters came in not long afterwards. And so there were lots of young people there when, when I joined. And so we were all so excited and so bursting with energy. And, and so it was inevitable that we were going to then form friendships. And then and then it would, you know, the crossover would be a work and your life balance. And life balance, we yeah. All, yeah, we were all just very much into the show and into being together you know 24 7 so um yeah it, and that's why it was, it was all consuming as well because we just wanted to eat breathe and live it really and yeah. plus plus when you're younger we could all do hangovers where you could go out and then go to oh, work yeah. when you get older you can't do that <laughs> 
Oh, I couldn't think of anything worse now. No, I know. I used to be able to do almost a night out and go straight in and do a perfect uh, day. I couldn't now if you paid me. Just, yeah, thinking about that makes me want to gag. Yeah, you know, when you're younger, you can. You can do lots when you're younger, it's fine. But no, now, not an option. Not even, no. I couldn't even Not think. Not an option. <laughs> and well, then you went back in 2019, as we said, mainly yeah. Mel, but the main big car- uh, story was Mel getting killed, uh, which yeah. Lisa was obviously part of. And you made amends with Phil when the grand- when your granddaughter Peggy Taylor's born. You know, I always thought you'd seen the back of Lisa every time I've gone. Yeah, and then they come back. Yeah, and then, you, and then you get a call saying, would you like to come back and do this storyline? We want to come back and do that storyline? You, you just, just don't know. know. I suppose you've still got Steve there. You've still got Letitia, obviously, Sharon, who's still part of the yeah. mix of that. So, yeah, yeah you never... Isn't Keanu back there now as well? Or was, was he back for a bit? Oh, he's back. Know, uh, he's yes, he's back. I, I read I still ages ago that he was supposed to be back, but I haven't seen him back at all. So I don't... Yeah, but he, well, he was supposed oh. to be going back. Yeah. Because I yeah. think the last so, we heard of Lisa, that she had a car crash, didn't she, in 2021? But I think she's obviously lived. Oh, Oh, I don't know. See, I don't know. I don't know. Oh, yeah. Apparently in August 2001, news reached the square that Lisa had had a car crash in France. But oh, she's in France now. So she's not yeah, in France. Yeah, I love that. I'm telling you oh. this. I don't think oh, she's she dead. I think that that was helping another story. But yeah, you had a car crash in France. There we go. Oh, she gets around, didn't she, Lisa? She gets around. <laughs> Lovely, though. I wonder where she was, niece or somewhere. <laughs> I'd want her to have a really fabulous suntan. Yes, now now you have to say that. They have to say they have to send you to Nice for two weeks before you go back. That's probably yeah. in the contract. Yeah, yeah absolutely. <laughs> so let's leave EastEnders behind. Let's get to you. You were born in Reading. You went to Red Reef yeah. Theatre School, which really rings a bell. Quite a few people I'm sure I've spoken to have been there. Did you have kind of a famous famous people with you? Kate Winslet was there when Oh, was there. there we I mean, go. She, wow. Yeah, she's quite a bit younger than me, but yeah, she um she she was there. I mean our paths didn't cross that much, obviously, because there was a quite a few years age gap, but that was yeah, that was quite a big one for her. And you've got kind of musical theatre stars like Maz Murray and stuff that went there, um, who's quite big in the West End. It was world. always it um, was always kind of the dream, was it, for you as you were growing up? You think you you saw your route. I mean, a lot of people do when they want to be in acting. I was I was very young um, and actually I wanted to be a dancer really I think more than anything and it was um, it was my state junior school that made me uh, that actually said to my parents at the time I think she just sent it for like um, drama classes or dance classes and, and Redrews was close to Santos where I was where I was brought up um, and I just started part time at Redrews at that point and and then I think. Uh, they had a children's agency as well on the books at the same time. And then they sent me out for auditions and I, I was getting all the auditions I was going for. And then that kind of, you just, yeah. And then that was it. That My path was chosen for me, really, in that respect. And oh, obviously brilliant. I then went, yeah. And at the age of 11, when you go to senior school, secondary school, they opened up a full-time day school. And so it worked. The timing was perfect. And I just said to my parents, that's it. That's where I want to go. I don't want to go to a regular school. I want to go to a theatre school. And and because of that, I don't know how to do anything else now. So I'm a bit no, stuck. Yeah. Um, you know. <laughs> I think no, it's, it's hard though, isn't it? I think they say, you know, you should have a backup career. But it's very hard because yeah. I think you have to go with... I mean, I remember I used to act all the time when I was young. And I, I remember making the mental decision that I didn't think I had had it in me to cope with that side. So I'll, I'll aim for behind the scenes. Do you know what I mean? Because I just kind of yeah. thought, I'm not sure I've got the... 
the drive. And I actually based it on my, I kind of was, I think I was quite grown up when I was young thinking, right, I don't think I'm the best looking. I don't think I'm this. And, and I kind of judged that it would be much harder for me. Do you know what I mean? Which is right. weird that you kind of have to put your, there's a lot of actors who try to do everything and actually need to try to fit your place. Don't you in a way? Yeah. Yeah. Know your niche. I always say know your niche. Um, uh, yeah. And I think if you stick to that, then you can't go far wrong really, you know, just know just know where it is your place i think yeah. absolutely basically for those listening what do we mean it's like know that you're not a leading lady you might be the the comedy part in it do you know what i mean or something yeah. like that isn't yeah. it absolutely absolutely just know where know where you're gonna you're more likely to get cast and know what know your strengths know your weaknesses um and, you know and play to your strengths obviously but that stands for anything in, in you know every walk of life i think really but, yeah, true. Um, but yeah, I think there's, there's no point, you know, being a, I always say to my daughters, don't be Jack of all a master of none. You know, don't, no, exactly. spread thin, don't spread yourself too thinly. You know, really try and niche what it is you want to do and focus on that and push on through. So, yeah. And you're, you're, you, were, you were from the age where you needed uh, a stage, because obviously you, you're, yours is a stage name, isn't it? And you got your name Benjamin from your brother yeah. Benjamin. I did, yeah. And poor Ben, bless him. People always used to go to me, is your name Ben Benjamin? You know, when he was out with me, he'd go, no, she nicked my name. No, <laughs> no, I'm not Ben Benjamin. My sister nicked my name, yeah. So, I, yeah, I was Lucy Baker originally. And, then, and is um, that from the days Edward. where basically you couldn't, you needed an equity card and there was someone already called yeah. Lucy Baker? Yeah, yeah. yeah. But I think, I, I think, right, because when I was a little girl, I was a member of equity as Lucy Baker. Now, then I let it lapse at one point. Oh, so that be you. Yeah, and I think then I reapplied and I went, no, sorry, there's already Lucy Baker. And I think I was going, yeah, that's me. Oh, it's that's me, brilliant. That's like, yeah. So I think they make, but actually I think it was a good call because I actually preferred my name Lucy Benjamin to Lucy Baker. So, so, so how actually, do you use that in real life? Have you? Is that simply your stage name? Because I've got my friend Nicola is in Emmerdale and she's, oh God, I'm so confused by her. She's now married, so she's got that name. She's got her Nicola Wheeler name, yeah. her original name. Oh, yeah. and. I've got three names. I've got three names, and it's so confusing. And I, so, and with certain things, I'm Lucy Benjamin, and certain things, you know, I still got a couple of bank accounts where I'm Lucy Baker. Oh, so you well, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Refuse to close it down, and then um, yeah, and then I'm I'm Lucy Taggart as a as married name. That's fantastic. Yeah. How amazing! It's literally Perfect. the only job that you get away with that. And uh, anything else, it would be fraud. Do you know what I mean, if you had three names floating <laughs> around, but as an actor, yeah. you're allowed it. But your first role as a child actress was in Doctor Who in 1983. That what what a start that was. Yeah, that was my first TV job, actually. I, I started in the West End, actually, when I was about nine or ten. So, yeah, that was one of my very first oh, did you start TV in the West End? What, what were you in as night? What were you in when you were nine or ten? I was, I was in uh, a show called Bernardo. It didn't. It ran for about three weeks and then it was pulled. Um, but it was at the Royalty Theatre in the West End. And it's wow. with James Smiley and Fiona Fullerton, um, you know, just a big Bond kind of actress. Yeah. And it was at Bernardo's the, the, children's, the Children's Orphanage. So... Um, and I just remember it was that really that made me just go, this is it. I'm done for life. I This is all I ever, ever want, want to, do. to do. So I, yeah. I got the bug at literally the age of nine or ten. Wow. Um, and, then I went, and then I went in to do Annie um, at the Adelphi Theatre in the West End then not long after that. So, yeah, so it was kind of I was going down the musical theatre route to begin with, to be honest. Um, you know, quite singing, quite dancey. And then, and then I got, yeah, then I got cast as um, a very, very small part in, in Doctor Who. But you can imagine as a kid, because Doctor Who, Who was huge. Huge, yeah. Was like, and also huge. because it's a make-believe world, it's like mad to be in it. Oh, I was so disappointed that it wasn't a real TARDIS. You know? <laughs> yeah, I'm sure, yeah. <laughs> 
And I had to go on set and they were like, this is the TARDIS. I was like, no, where's the phone <laughs> Yeah, oh, that kind of uh, destroy you as a kid, yeah. Yeah, so I think I was about 11, uh, 11 or 12, I think, when I did that. Um, yeah, so I kind of... Yeah, all my illusions got shattered very quickly. <laughs> the glamour was taken right out of it very early on for me. <laughs> yeah, and then Press Gang, obviously, in 1989, which I remember and I absolutely loved. I mean, that was a that was a huge hit as well with kids, wasn't it? it was massive, um, that must have been great being in that. And that must have been great because it was like a group of people your age. Yeah, and, and, and it's so... I mean, so many people from that show have gone on to do so well. amazingly well, well yeah. So, I mean, it was written by Stephen Moffat, you know, who is an amazing writer. Yeah, incredible. That does so much. Um, and so... So, you know, we've got like a dream team going down and you just kind of knew, just, even as a kid, I mean, I was 19 then, I just knew something special was being created and you could just sense this big, big buzz about it. Um, and it and it was joyous. And that was one of the, you know, that was my first kind of show where I felt like I'd been put on the map a little bit. Yeah, um, yeah. And, you know, where it got, you know, uh, the public really took to it and it was BAFTA award winning and just, it was just... I was so excited and I was so proud of that moment. Um, yeah, you know, Dexter Fletcher is just flying high and I'm just, and it's just so glorious. I'm so proud of how well it's That's what I was going to say. Is it, is it, because I, I always wonder whether it's, you would be a bit slightly jealous. I don't know, but is it just great to see your old yeah. friend doing so well? Yeah, I think because we were so young, you know, and to, and just see that, that we've kind of gone the distance, you know, being old fogies now. Yeah, yeah, it? yeah. Um, and I so, think as you so get told a... so many times it might not work as well or yeah. don't bother. It's actually great yeah. to see so many people excelling. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, I just, you know, I watch Dex and everything he does just with, you know, scrutiny and just like loving it and just sending, you know, love down the airwaves. And, and I just, I'm so, I'm just, yeah, you just, you feel pr- proud. You get the real sense of pride with everyone doing so well. I love and, it. And then, obviously, that was amazing. Then you did. I mean, I don't know why I remember this so well, but I do. I used to love it. It's bizarre because Leslie Dunlop was in May to December, which hardly anyone remembers, but I absolutely adored her in. Um, And I remember Close to Home with you and Paul Nicholas. I loved it. That was all back in the day when sitcoms were huge. You know, you've oh, got things like Arlo around the yeah. castle, me and my girl, you have with Richard O'Sullivan. And, you know, it was just a real time of sitcom, you know, with I'm live studio that was live audiences. studio audience, yeah, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. So you had the double kind of thing of filming something and then having to perform for an actual, a live audience. So, you know, and that was a little bit my training ground, really. I kind of, because I did all of those shows. I did Up the Elephant Around the Castle with Jim Davidson and I did... I did me and my girl and and I just kind of and then I, I did bottom as well um with you know you know the boys uh, Adrian Mal, Edison, and yeah, and, yeah yeah and so I kind of at one point I really looked, I was going down that comedy route um so and I, and I just loved it I loved it I loved it and yeah and, what's it like with yeah, a live I, audience as an actor because I suppose it's mixing stage work where you buzz a live audience with tv yeah yeah, because you have to wait for the laughs as well. You know, it's really strange because that's yeah, you have theater. to pause. Yeah, yeah, you have to wait for the laughs like like you would in live theatre. But um, yeah, it's a craft, and I'm really I'm really proud that I had a good old go at that. Really, um, but yeah, it's just a totally different genre, totally different genre. But you um, you know, ultimately you have to play for the camera. To be honest, it's quite but, bad um, now because you can't imagine. I mean, I know Miranda probably was maybe one of the last really big ones that did that right. kind of thing isn't it it's like something that's just not in the ether really at the moment no i'm just trying to think you know what what is that kind of sitcom um i think there's a couple but it's not you know back in the day back in those kind of late 80s 
they were huge. They were absolutely huge. They were on telly constantly, all those sitcoms. So, yeah. Um, I've actually just been, been I've been binge watching recently, keeping up appearances and going oh, through that again. That. And you realise how, oh, oh the comedy she, in that. She's just brilliant. Oh, she's amazing. She, Trisha Radish is just stunning. I mean, she's it's a masterclass in comedy. It masterclass. really is. And then, yeah. I mean, outside of that, you did things like, I mean, X Factor Battle of the Stars, which you won. Um, and yeah. apparently what I love is I read that Sharon Osbourne actually let slip live on telly that you were pregnant. She did, and half of my family didn't even know. Um, oh my god! She, she just kind of been gossiping, like listening on into dressing room gossip in, in the makeup chair, you know. And and so the production team kind of knew because I was quite early, and, and it was a health and safety thing. So you know, but she she kind of caught a bit of gossip, I think, going on with me and my makeup girl. And the next thing, she just kind of, I think she just assumed it was out or something, and I think she just saw <laughs> my face, and I went, oh, and she oh, said boy. it on telly, yeah, and then she's like, oh. Oh, have I said something I shouldn't have said? And it was like, then my phone didn't stop ringing. My family were phoning me going, what, you're pregnant? Oh, I mean, my God. Yeah. Oh, what a nightmare on live TV. Yeah. yeah, I suppose it was one way to out it, I suppose. You know, <laughs> yes. Stop all those conversations. Yeah, 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 yeah. But, um, yeah, I, you know. I and what was it like doing something like that? Because you did that, you did I'm a Slept. What's it like being Lucy Benjamin instead of being a part? Do you know what I mean? Is it, is it, <laughs> is it a whole different kettle of fish? Yeah, I hate it. Hate Do you? It. Yeah. You just, yeah. I I honestly hate it. I am. Um, I mean, the X Factor was terrifying because, um, as much as I started kind of as a kid in musical theatre, I haven't. You know, I've, I'm not. I've not done loads and loads of singing. I can knock out a tune. So, so standing there live with an audience, oh seeing the whites of Simon Cowell's, Louis Walsh's and Sharon Osbourne's eyes. You know, an iconic panel was petrifying. <laughs> um, you know, and that was something new for me to learn. I, you know, I'd never worked in a studio singing. It had always been a theatre, so live theatre singing that I'd done before, you know, musicals. So then kind of being you know, being asked by sound technicians in a, you know, in a tech run before we go up to the live show, you know, can you hear yourself? What do you want? Do you need any more from this speaker? And I go, I don't know what you mean. I, go, I can't. <laughs> I, I you just tell me what I can hear. And they go, well, we can't. You need to tell us what you can hear of yourself. And I go, I, what I can hear I don't like was all I was ever saying, you know. So that was a really odd experience for me. That's why um, I've never, right, I've never got this. I've, I've never even bothered to ask the question. So when singing stars have earpieces in, is that so they hear themselves? Well, I didn't have an earpiece, but I had, but you had fold back on the stage. So they would say, do you need more of that? That um, speaker, oh God, that speaker, yeah, I wouldn't have a clue, yeah. And I would just go, I, I don't know. All I, I don't know, know is I want. I'm too yeah. loud, I'm too loud, and I don't like the way I sound. So <laughs> you know, it was just, just a bit of that, really. Yeah, so it, that was all something very new to learn. Um, and you ended yeah, up winning it, though, which still must have been amazing. Uh, yeah, it was a, a massive shock. But, um, yeah, I think, you know, those shows are funny, really. I think once... You know, Simon Cowell just decided to champion me, I think, a little bit. And and then, you know, what he says goes, really. I think people go, oh, yeah, she is really good then. And I don't think, I was, I don't think it was any better than anybody else that was on that show. Well, better than a few of them. Some of them were dreadful. But, um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, the, the, some of the ones that were in the last kind of few were really fabulous. So, oh, I don't know how it all works. But, oh, no. Yeah, I mean, I was, we, who I knows sure. how that all that works? Well, still, it's amazing to have done. And I'm a celeb, obviously. Lots of people have done that. I mean, yeah. that's a terrifying experience for me. I couldn't imagine anything yeah. worse. Um, <laughs> But did I mean 
did it i mean the only reason i would love to do these shows if i was a celebrity is to kind of learn more about myself i suppose and how i would cope in these situations but and i suppose yeah, that's, really, that's why you do it yeah, i suppose yeah it really is and to kind of throw yourself into a situation that you would never ever normally be in um you know i got to jump out of an airplane which i would never offer myself up to do something like that but i did it and 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 I'll never, ever forget it. And it's one of the most amazing moments of my yeah. life, really, to jump out of a plane. Um, and, then, and it is about being comfortable in your own skin. I mean, kind of, you know, sitting there from... You go, you go to bed when the sun sets and you wake up when the sun rises and there's no devices. There, there's nothing that you're, you feel totally alienated from the rat race. And, and so that was glorious. You yeah. know, that, that yeah. side of things I really enjoyed. I, I, I was bored. I, I don't ever rem- remember being bored. And I know lots of people moan about the boredom. I was never bored when I was in there. I just, I think I was just at peace with where I was and just appreciative of, of being outside and having that experience to go back and relay to your, your kids when they grow up. Um, yeah, no, it's so, an amazing thing to relay, isn't it? It is. Where did, yeah, you, where yeah. did you come in it in the end? Oh, I was out first. I was oh, were you out first? first? Yeah, because that year that they did it, it they've never done it since. But um, in the very first vote, they only put three people up to be nominated. Oh. Um, as opposed to the whole camp. And it was me, Gino DeCampo, and Sam Fox that were up to vote. And you couldn't vote for any other teammates, uh, campmates. You literally, for the very first vote, to vote somebody out, I'd, I'd be out with three of us. So I kind of feel like they, you know, ruined my chances a little bit. But yeah, I up but I always say I would want to be first out because then don't you get to stay at the hotel for the like a massive long period? Yeah. I have to say, I did get two weeks in the Versace Hotel. Oh my God, I would be, I would be <laughs> dying to be out first. I mean, I'd be a nightmare in there, so I was out first. Yeah, and, and to, to, be, to be honest, ten days, I felt like I'd, I'd done, I'd, I felt like I'd done my time. I, you know, I was, I didn't feel like I'd missed out on anything. You know, I, I'd kind of experienced it as an experience, um, and and it was fine. You know, it was fine really to go there. I'd, ten days in the jungle was more than than anyone. Anyone else? Really. Yeah, yeah, God, yeah, yeah, in their right mind, yeah. And yeah. Uh, yeah, and so and then obviously, what's the plan now? I know you've done. Lo- I know you're doing loads of stage uh, still. Yeah. Uh, let's actually. Te- I'm going to test you here. You've done. Oh, <laughs> see if you can. No actors normally get this right. Uh, I'm going to use stage rather than um, screen. Uh, I'll pick some to see who you played in them. Uh, 2005. Do you remember who you played in Framed at the Theatre Royal in Norwich? Judy. Yes. Okay, well Judy. done. God, and we've gone way back in time there. Do you know uh, why? I remember that. I remember that because my that's when I met my husband, and he just thought you said mickey out of me being called judy for some oh reason. really so, yeah yeah he'd, he'd call me judy in real life because that was the first thing he'd ever seen me in so yeah so i remember it vividly that's brilliant in 2011 uh oh. you played who at the mayflower theater in peter pan uh mrs darling yes well done and, and yeah one of the mermaids yeah one of the yeah, mermaids mrs. Darling. mrs darling uh in 2013 i mean what a show this is who did you play i mean you're going to know this easy on tour in hairspray Velma. Of course. Of course what, what a show to be in. You must have loved uh, that. I I it, I had a ball. I mean, we were on the road for nine months. Uh, Which is hard, touring. actually. That's tough. That's yeah, because yeah, I, I, my little one was only 18 months at the time. So I was on the road with her and my mum, who I had to take everyone with me in order to, wow. to babysit and chaperone. Um, so that, that was a tough call. And I had to leave my eldest at home with her dad. And so we're all kind of split up, really. Um, but it was it's such a joyous show. It's such a feel-good show that no matter if you were kind of homesick or missing, you know, my other child, Ju- 
during the day and whatever, because um, I would only get to see her at weekends. The minute you went into the theatre and that the overture started on that show, you were just buzzing and and, and everything else. You forgot everything else that was going on in your life. Yeah. So I, I, yeah. And I made some very, very good friends on that show. Mark Benson and Paul Ryder, who I worked with, and Sandra Marvin, who was in Emmerdale. You oh, know, yes. Some really lovely friends of mine. Yeah, I had a great, great time. And I'm guessing a tour, I mean, obviously being in the West End is incredible. Those theatres are amazing. But it must be amazing visiting some of the theatres around the country yeah. and also the different audiences. Because, I mean, I'm always astounded when I go in theatre. I've only just discovered Leeds Grand Theatre, which is the smaller, uh, not Leeds Grand Theatre, Leeds. Oh, God, I've, I've forgotten the name of it. But the tiny version. And you go in and it's just the history and there's a feeling. Yeah. In which, I mean, it's incredible, isn't it? And, and, and I did used to love that. You know, we were in a different theatre uh, every week. It was weekly touring. Um, and it was, and you just, and yeah, I kind of, I just got to see the country. You know, Northern Ireland was a, Belfast was a revelation to me and it was beautiful and, you know, places that you would never kind of think and I hadn't visited before. And then as I say, you know, and every time you moved venues, it felt like a new show. It gave it a new lease of life with a different audience and a different, you know, the different surroundings, the different yeah. auditorium. So it, it kept the show fresh, I tell you. So, yeah, it was a fabulous experience. And then we'll end with, in 2022, last year, you were in Henry VIII uh, Rebellion. Who did you play Henry the VI. Henry the Sixth, sorry. VI. Yeah, I played Eleanor, the Duchess of Gloucester. That's right. And that was with the Royal Shakespeare Company, no less. Yeah, the RSC. I was at the RSC. And that was, I mean, that was a dream come true. So Yeah, how amazing. I did a season, we did two plays, we did parts two and part three of Henry VI, um, and I absolutely loved it. It was my first time doing Shakespeare, um, yeah, and it was a dream come true. How did you find dream learning it? How did Because I used, I, I did Shakespeare when I was young and it was, wasn't, and the thought of learning a Shakespeare script now frightens me to death. I know, but that's because I think we're not taught it properly in school. I just, I, I do think... I do think it's that, or I think I think we're made to feel scared of it as kids, and then that just goes that goes with us through our yeah, lives. And, yeah. and so what was great for me was to take away the, all this mystique and all this fear about Shakespeare and see it as basically. I mean, the character that I played, you know, it, it, it was it was quite soapy. You know, it's, Shakespeare's time was was would have been considered almost like a soap writer. Yeah. You know, he wrote for the masses. He wrote for the commoners. So you know, and and stuff. And stuff was, was there is a soap element to Shakespeare when you kind of read it. And it's all about love and intrigue and, and um, you know, infidelity and, and, and angst and pain. it works now, doesn't it? I mean, I, Tanya Franklin totally. in EastEnders has done Othello and they've yeah. focused yeah. on, like, the racism and stuff that's there in the text. Yeah. Like, it's incredible. Yeah. It, it's totally relatable today. You can really bring it into the modern day. Um and, and, you know, once you kind of break, it's like learning any lines, I kind of, you know, it's a chore. But when you learn those lines, you, you get such a sense of pride about having done it. And, yeah. and then and go, I understand it. You know, I mean, I, I can't tell you I understand every word what all the other characters were saying, but I certainly knew what my character was saying at any given time. Um, but, and it just, you know, you just kind of get used to hearing it. And it is a rhythm, you know, and you just... You, you just you just get used to it. And so what I love about that now is I don't fear when if somebody said to me, okay, do you want to do this? Uh, look at this Shakespearean play. I wouldn't they go, oh, no, 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 no. I can't, I can't, I can't. You know, and yeah. at least if nothing else, that it's removed that stigma. I think my, um, my dream, I think, after watching the last Happy Valley is to work with Sarah Lancashire, I think, now. I mean, have, have you seen that? She's just incredible. Yeah. She's just class. I mean, she's, she was class on Coronation Street. You just could see her star quality even then. And and it was, you know, it was always going to be that she was going to be huge. Um, yeah. She's a total 
total talent. Well, listen, so are you. Honestly, it's a pleasure to have had you on, Lucy. It's amazing to have had you on. You're part of my kind of uni days of growing up with these senders and absolutely yeah. uh, love you and love love what a career you've had so you've been in some of the best Thanks, shows oh, that's lovely thanks so much lovely to talk to you and you it's been a pleasure take care alright darling lots of love lots of love bye The brilliant Lucy Benjamin, thank you so much for joining me on Soap from the Box. There are so many more EastEnders stars for you to listen to right now. Head to wherever you download your podcast. Remember, you can subscribe for free to us at anotherslice.com and get some extra content, including Jacqueline Jossert from EastEnders exclusive. If you sign up to us there for free, remember, loads more EastEnders stars coming your way as well. Good luck to EastEnders and to all the other soaps at the British Soap Awards this very weekend. Of course, episode one of season five was with Angus, who plays Eric in Hollyoaks. He's up for best villain. We'll talk Soap Awards next week and we'll be back with another episode next week. I'll see you then. <laughs>